Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and joining me today, uh, my friend Dawn. How are you today? I'm awake. Took a nap. <laughs> yeah, that that's always good. Uh, yeah, we're recording this in early January, so and as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, I don't know about you, but this has always been one of my least favorite times of the year. You know, because it's like it's like either extremely cold or it's not as cold, but snowing heavily. It was. It's cold. It was eight degrees in Dallas, Texas, this morning. So that should tell you it's cold everywhere right now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think it was like a year or two ago. There was this. We were having this really weird weather where, like, everywhere except like Florida was experiencing significantly lower temperatures. And someone posted a thing on Facebook. It, you know, had a picture showing what the temperatures were like, and you know, everything is like in the you know twenties or thirties, and Florida's in like the eighties. And it's like it's now officially everybody hate Florida week. Yeah. So speaking of memes, today we're going to take a look at the D- Dungeons and Dragons alignment quiz, and this is one of those memes that well, I don't know if you really want to call it a meme, but. I remember even back when I was on MySpace, you know, you'd have people <laughs> that posted. Yeah. <laughs> is that still, uh, is that site still operational? That, it's still there. It's totally different though. Like I don't, they, they purged all the old like dead logins from what I know, but it's still there. Like I think Justin Timberlake bought it. <laughs> but I think yeah. I haven't logged into MySpace in, oh boy. I don't even remember the last time I did it. So it's been that long. But, All the kids are going, what's MySpace? <laughs> exactly. And I know because uh, Facebook, I think, just yeah, took off way more. So exactly why Facebook, uh, you know, became what it is and MySpace, you know, kind of pewtered out. Uh, I guess that that's a topic for another time. But one of the things that you'd see go around Facebook is people would post links to quizzes like, you know, which Star Wars droid are you? Which Harry Potter character are you? And, you know, of course, one that goes around every now and then is which Dungeons and Dragons character class are you? And maybe we'll do that one on another day. But today we're going to take a look at the alignment quiz. So have you ever wondered what Dungeons and Dragons alignment that uh, Al or Dawn would be? Well, you're about to find <laughs> out. So you, I understand you've taken some of these quizzes occasionally, too. Yeah, like on BuzzFeed and all kinds of stuff like that. Everybody, because everybody seems to have one of their that one of their own version. Um, so I've taken like variants, like the character class. I've taken the alignment and all those, and I usually kind of laugh them off because for some reason everybody seems to think that I'm a better person than I am. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because I've seen a few, and I. So do you have any predictions what you think you'll get? Because this is actually the official Wizards of the Coast alignment quiz i don't know everything else always puts me like character class i know this isn't character class but you'll know why i'm saying this in a second is always puts me as a paladin which is gonna make me awful good like everyone in the past i've ever done because you paladin you have to be lawful good didn't so, they change that in one of the in like fourth edition though i thought they i've never i've never played fourth or fifth so <gasps> i know gaspity so i don't know i don't i don't have any of the books for fourth or fifth so because they weren't in the budget to buy them and to play so um if they changed it i don't know i haven't played those editions but yeah as of where i'm at you had to be that edition you had to be that law lo- that alignment to 
you know, or be fallen and all that. But so I'm looking at it going, well, we'll see what happens because that's pretty much where it always put me, even though I don't look at myself as someone who's going to, I find, I find horribleness a little too entertaining to be lawful good. So, <laughs> well, uh, lawful good just believes that you mean in well-organized societies designed for the common good. It doesn't mean that you can't appreciate the uh, inappropriate joke every now and then. It doesn't mean I'm going to leave the room to torture somebody if getting the information is necessary. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> which is kind of what lawful good means. They're not going to. They don't condone torture, generally speaking. Yeah. Because so. <laughs> I think with fourth edition they changed the Paladin class. It's been a while since I've read the fourth edition handbook, but I thought they changed it so that a Paladin wasn't necessarily you know lawful good the knight in shining armor who, you know, rescues the princess and slays the dragon, but the Paladin was like the ultimate representation of alignment. So you could have alignment Paladins that were, you know, chaotic evil, you know, like the anti-Paladin, or you could have a, a neutral Paladin. I'm, I'm not sure. I might be wrong on that. And while I do have the 5th edition handbook, I have not looked at the paladin in that yet so i'm not sure how fifth edition handles it so so you think you're probably going to get lawful good i'm pretty sure it's probably going to give me lawful good i will be half i will be pleasantly surprised if i don't if i get like a like a lawful neutral or something like that yeah. i don't know we'll see but because i've taken these quizzes before and usually for me it comes down to one of two either lawful good or neutral good. And I think a lot of it really depends on the wording. But so I'm I'm gonna predict neutral good. So just a, another little fun question before we begin. In the modern world today, if you had to choose one of the nine classic D and D alignments, which one do you think which ones do you think would probably be more common? Well let's just say the United States, because of course each you know each country has their own different cultures and their own different view on things, but in the U.S. today, in the year 2017, you know, modern times, what do you think would probably be the most common alignment of the average American? The average American is probably, and it's not actually all that surprising. We're just too busy thinking in extremes, but probably like neutral good, honestly. Um, because we, we were too busy looking at extremes, but I think the average American probably is more on that spectrum yeah and i think probably neutral good and lawful neutral in a modern yeah. society those like ours those are probably going to be the most common because i think neutral good i think is definitely a good uh a good choice because i think a lot of people you know we do care about our neighbor to some extent you know we don't want to see them suffer and you know, we're definitely not going to go out of our way to make our neighbor's life miserable. But I think that most people in the in the U.S., while we do have that sense of altruism, we're not really committed to full, you know, lawful goodness where we think that, you know, the that, you know, we should have these highly structured governments. But on the other hand, I don't think there's um, a lot of people that are to the other extreme of the good, the chaotic good, where Yes, you believe in doing things that are good, but you have no problem doing good deeds in your own way, where even if it means having to break the law. 
we don't have a whole lot of vigilantes running around is what you're saying exactly yeah <laughs> which is how i try to explain that alignment to newbies by the way i'm like the green arrow <laughs> you know and it's interesting it's interesting with green arrow because i know that you said you started recently watching the justice league cartoon did you also check out justice league unlimited yet no, I'm finishing the first. I'm finishing finishing Justice League first. That I'm going to go into jail. Uh, uh, JLU. Because yeah, um, Green Arrow in JLU, he's definitely very chaotic. Good at the start because, and you'll see us in the first episode. One of its quotes is, "Well, he was reluctant to join the the Justice League because, you know, his exact words were, I only help the little guy.' You know, in a big club like this, you forget all about him.'" But as the series progressed, he actually tended to go more towards the neutral good. And one thing that was actually kind of interesting, if you look at the D&D alignment article on Wikipedia, they give some of the examples from, I think it was the one of the 3.5 books, the Complete Scoundrel book. Now, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, what alignment would you picture Batman as? I was just going to go get my list because I was like, I have to look all of the alignments that I have them in front of me. So give me a second. Because <laughs> I'm like, because it's like part of me is going, it's something chaotic, but I have to like look at the list, make sure I've got them all. Because he's very, he's not exactly, um, I wouldn't exactly call that a chaotic good. Yeah. Uh, Always. Not, not, not always at all. Um, Hold on. Yeah, because I guess according to the Scoundrels Handbook, they place Batman at lawful good. But Yeah, but I've read a lot of Batman. I'm going, not always, no. Yeah. No. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it's called the Nine Alignments of Batman, where it posts like nine different um, quotes about Batman of nine different interpretations of him. And it tries to explain how, like, for example, the Adam West version from, you know, the 60s TV show, that would definitely be uh, the lawful good version of Batman. But then there's another one that shows him with the Justice League and the quote in there is like, you know, sometimes I think Batman has become more of an institution and that's supposed to be, you know, lawful neutral. And there was a quote that I think was from Alfred Pennyworth. Is that his last name? Pennyworth? Yeah. His butler? Okay. Where where they tried to picture Batman as being true neutral, it's like, I think he was, uh, mm. Alfred had some quote where he was saying that Batman was, you know, always one step away from becoming the thing that he was fighting against. That's why I think actually he, as much as I hate the chaotic neutral um, alignment because people play it wrong all oh. the time. Every it's, I actually banned it with banned the chaotic neutral alignment for everybody that had not played before in uh, my current group because everybody plays it wrong. And if you are new to role playing tabletop, I don't want you to try to figure out how to play chaotic neutral properly the first time anyway. So I said no chaotic neutral, none, uh, uh-uh, uh, off. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the thing that I but, always tell people. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say, but that's actually probably somewhere between that. And um, and chaotic good, like the towing the line between chaotic neutral and chaotic good. I think Batman is like, depending upon where he is emotionally at the time, is where he yeah. is on that spectrum. It's kind of like, well, I'm here, but if he's in a dark mood, like for example, when Red Hood dies, you know, when Jason, when Jason, well, Red, wherever, when Jason Todd is gone, 
whatever whether you want to call him Robin, Red Hood, or whatever his name is at that particular point in the comic we're reading. When Jason Todd is gone, he goes into a very dark place, and that's more where he's like, I don't care. I'm shirking everything for what I want. It becomes way more selfish at that point than it's all about his own personal rules. That's a good point. So it's like, so you think that with Batman, really, it kind of depends who's writing him at the time. Yeah, well, and where he is, because he's such a dark character to begin with, with a lot of, um, he's got a lot of emotional trauma in his story. I, granted, all people focus on in the movies is the death of his parents, but he, you know, Jason Todd died, he had, Batgirl was crippled in his, you know, partially because of him and became Oracle. There's a lot of horrible things that happen in his history that people forget that is partially his fault or entirely his fault. So that's going to cause your major emotional changes to a character will cause their alignment to shift, which is another thing people don't think about when they're playing characters long-term throughout a campaign is your alignment may shift if something major happens to your character. But Exactly. That is (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I agree with chaotic neutral. It's like I don't know if this is a experience you've had. Usually, newer players they play chaotic neutral as an excuse to be evil without actually being evil. Yeah, it's basic. I call it the jerk card. Um, it's like people that love Loki and they think it's a cur- like, and I mean this like with the Hiddleston or whatever. It's it's a it's a I can be a jerk because Loki's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, the, the but pe- I'm not evil. I'm just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, and because I, I again, as I always tell people, if you want to play chaotic neutral, think Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, that's probably the best example of chaotic neutral I can think of because he's not really malicious, and he doesn't. Well, he will kill people. You, you know, he doesn't. It's like he doesn't really take. Uh, pleasure in it. He, it's not like he's gonna kill someone if he if there's you know he he won't kill someone if there's a he'll only kill if there's no absolutely no other option. And there was one uh, deleted scene I was reading about that you know even made it you know kind of suggest that uh, Captain Jack was actually a lot better person than we like to think because mm-hmm. there was a I guess a dialogue between him and one of the the, the generals or whatever in the East Indies company where they were getting into the slave trade and that's what caused Jack to to leave because he had a line, you know, people ain't cargo. And, yep. you know, so yeah, while he's a pirate and a scoundrel, he does recognize that other people do have the right to exist and he's not going to go kill people just for the sheer joy of killing people. But he is unpredictable. <laughs> well, and how I always try to explain it is I'm I'm like, okay, here's how chaotic control works for me is if you're a chaotic neutral person, you think about it in terms of yourself. If you're chaotic neutral, how does it serve me? Good and evil, take them completely out of the picture. Don't think, is this evil? Don't think, is it bad? Don't think if it's good. How does it serve me? You're not thinking about anybody else that is secondary. Everything else is secondary to me. If you're thinking, I'm hungry, okay. I want that loaf of bread. I'm going to steal it. It's not, there's no matter of the fact that it's illegal or whether that belongs to anybody. It's all about the fact that you're hungry and you want it. Everything else is irrelevant to the fact that that's what you want. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. That's like it's just take everything else out of the picture. So it's it's that's why it's so difficult for people who aren't semi at least intermediate role players to play because they have to be able to separate everything else out of it and completely go into the the selfish individual side of the character. It's a very selfish character class to play. Yeah. So let's uh, move right along now to the alignment quiz since well we got well it wasn't really off topic but. Uh, it's always fun to kind of ramble, especially when talking about alignments, because I think a lot of different people and role players have their own little different views about what it means to be each of the nine alignments. And yeah, chaotic neutral is one of those ones that it can be fun to play if you know how to do it correctly. But if you're trying to you know, run a game for someone who doesn't understand the alignment, it can be frustrating. Yeah. So, Let's jump right in, and uh, again, this is at the uh, wizards.com website. I just did a, an internet search for Wizards of the Coast alignment test. I don't remember how I found it before, but it's it's their official alignment quiz. So let's start with the first section where we're talking about our relationship to family. So the first question, family elders are expressing disapproval of you to the rest of the family. Do you... Accept the criticism and change your ways. Seek a compromise with the elders. Besmirch the reputation of the elders as you ignore their scorn. Or silence the elders in any way you can. So for me, I would probably seek a compromise. That Because I guess that's the way I see it where maybe they've got some valid points, but you know the elders, they might not necessarily be seeing the whole picture. and Maybe that's why they're being critical of me. So what's your choice? Um, besmirch the the repute. I don't care what they think, really. They don't know everything about me, and at, at that point, I'm just kind of like, I don't care. Okay, I really don't. <laughs> okay, so you'll you'll besmirch their reputation and yeah. ignore them. Okay, would you give up a promising career to aid the family uh, in time of need? In a heartbeat, yes, with some reluctance. Only if I was certain I'd be able to return to my career soon, or no. So, for this one, I think I'm going to take probably only if I was certain I'd be able to return to my career soon. What is your, What about you? Um, I said with some reluctance, and that's just because I'd probably have to discuss it and think about where that would put everybody financially. But, I mean, I'm not going to not aid the family, but I'm also going to have to figure out what the future plan is going to be. Yeah, and and just as a personal, I mean, that question really kind of hits me personally because, as I've told some of my friends, don't know if I told you or not yet, but my mother's dealing with ALS. So there's a very real possibility that, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, take more time to, to take care of her. So, I mean, it's for me, it's a very difficult decision because, yeah, she is my mother, but I also have a responsibility to my wife and my son. So, yeah, it's uh, so, yeah, I think it's something that a lot of us would be willing to help our family. But, yeah, as you said, we do got to also keep in mind what are the long term ramifications. I mean, if you leave your career, is that going to, you know, and it turns out you only need to help them for a few weeks, well, are you ever going to be able to get into that career again? So, moving on, would you betray a family member to advance your own career? Yes, without a twinge of guilt. Yes, if I could do it secretly, I'd resist the temptation, or I'd find the very idea abhorrent. 
So my answer, I'm going to go with the last one. I'd find the very idea abhorrent. <laughs> I put I'd resist the temptation because the option on here does not say, does it matter? What Does it specify which family member? <laughs> because if it was my cousins, I wouldn't even have a feeling of guilt because <laughs> I don't really talk to them. I have no, like, I, know, <laughs> I don't have any, like, I'm not close to most of my family. I don't care but my sister it would make me abhorrent so it's like it depends which part of my family we're talking about here <laughs> yeah and, and i can under i can understand because you know i'm horrible <laughs> well i don't think i'd say uh you're horrible but I, I, yeah, I have stipulations that's what makes me horrible it's not just like clean cut i'm like well maybe well I think, I think you do have a good idea though i mean if it's some distant relative that you know, you don't really meet or don't really interact with, then yeah, it, you could possibly, you wouldn't feel as bad about betraying that person as betraying, you know, like your sister or, you know, someone who's closer to you. Right. Do you respect the leaders of your family? Their words guide my actions. Their role models for me. They're often out of touch with my life or they're out of touch with reality. Hmm. I got to think about this one for a sec. What do you think? After this last election, you want me to answer this question? Um, <laughs> um, not role models. No. I'm, I'm pretty much out of touch most of the time, and that's really where I'm going to go. It's yeah, nice. <laughs> I'd probably go with their role models for me. I mean, I, I think it also really kind of depends on – which family member we're talking about, which leader. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'd have to say for me, I mean, my mom is, I think, is more of a role model than my dad was. I mean, he wasn't like a terrible, horrible, rotten person, but my dad could be a bit out of touch with reality, but my, I mean, my mom and my uncle were both very good role models for me when I was a kid. Okay, here's another fun one. If your family had arranged your marriage to someone loathsome, would you go through with it, proud to serve your family, agree, hiding your reluctance, subtly work against the union, or flee? See, and I think that's kind of a tough one because, I mean, I assume when they say loathsome, I don't know, are they do they, are they implying like physically unattractive or just like personality-wise you find them loathsome? Well, I don't know. At this point, I didn't make so many good choices myself. They might have picked a better option. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> where's the, like, like verbally stand up tall and make a stand I mean, option? Why do I have to subtly work towards it? <laughs> work I, against it. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go with the subtly work against the union because, I mean, fleeing isn't really going to do much. But, I mean, I would try to convince my, my family it's like, okay, I understand there may be reasons why you want me to marry this person, but this person is, no, I can't. So that's going to be my answer. You're estranged from a family member. On his deathbed, he seeks reconciliation. Do you speak to him but hold your ground? Refuse to speak to him? Discuss your estrangement openly and without rancor? Or actively seek reconciliation and heed his dying words. I think I would probably seek the reconciliation. 
Uh, I mean, as far as heeding the dying words, I mean, I'm not sure what they mean by that. I mean, if I have a dying relative that's telling me that, you know, okay, uh, you know, I don't really like your wife. You should, uh, you know, make her mysteriously disappear and look like an accident. No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But I mean, if there's a way to, to seek reconciliation in a positive manner, you know, I would do it. Well, that's why I think I'm going to go with a discuss your you discuss your estrangement openly and without rancor because you can go, you know, and sit and have the conversation to try to work towards reconciliation. But I don't necessarily that doesn't necessarily you can work towards reconciling without having to necessarily take responsibility for anything just because they're on their deathbed. That is not. That that's not your a requirement just because somebody's passing away. People may disagree with me, but you're not required to take somebody else's baggage with you because they're leaving the earthly realm. So yeah, and, <laughs> and I think a lot of it, and that's, that's kind of a vague question, which makes it kind of tricky because you know it doesn't really say why are you estranged from that person. Maybe it, could it be was, any number of reasons. Yeah, maybe it was something very serious, or it could have been something that maybe it was just a misunderstanding. Away from the wedding in the previous question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Away from the wedding in the previous question. Now he wants you to go find a guy and marry him. And I'm like, mm-mm. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> okay. Relationship to friends. A powerful but corrupt judge offers you wealth if you'll testify against a friend. Do you condemn your friend and take the money? Take the money and testify, but try to keep your testimony ineffective. Refuse the offer and refuse to testify or testify on your friend's behalf, no matter the consequences. I think for this one, I would probably refuse the offer and refuse to testify. I mean, they don't have this option here, but I mean, if it could be done, you know, turn that judge in and try to shine a light on his corruption. But uh, given the, and, and again, they don't really specify here, okay, is my friend, is he really guilty of something? Or is it just something where, you know, this corrupt judge wants to frame your friend and he's innocent. Yeah, that's probably what I would pick. I'm just curious as to how the judge would have like all the like power in a situation since usually the attorneys are the ones that control all that. So, but yeah, that's where I want to go. Refuse the offer and refuse to testify. You Do you become close to friends or hold most people at a safe distance? I have an abundance of close fr- close friends. I have some close friends. I have a few close friends, or I try to keep people at a distance. I think for me, I'm going to choose, I have some close friends, because I'm one of those people where I've never, you know, really had a lot of friends, but a lot of the friends I've had have been really close, Um, you know, but I do have that kind of that outer circle where there are people that I'm on friendly terms with, but I'm not necessarily going to, you know, share my innermost secrets or feelings with them. Um, I put, I have a few, I have few, I only have like probably people that I tell a lot of like stuff to is probably on one hand. It just seems like it's gotten smaller over the years. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Have you ever betrayed a friend? I've done so more than once and sometimes I get away with it. I've done so, I've done so once. I've been tempted to do so, but I've never gone through with it or I never contemplate such a thing. Yeah, I always consider myself a pretty loyal person, so I would never contemplate such a thing. 
Depends what they mean by betray. Um, if they mean like somebody, like a, a friend has been doing things they shouldn't say in the workplace, I've been tempted, but not actually turned them in. But because that has come up a couple times and then, you know, it's stuff like that. But because I figure it'll, it'll, it'll work itself out in the end. But because I'm assuming they probably mean when betray something like if, you know, a, a more along the line. Well, they didn't really specify with the corrupt judge whether your friend was guilty or not. But I'm assuming here they're probably thinking something where, like, someone goes up to you. Hey, Dawn, I'll give you, uh, you know, $1,000 if you make, you know, Al look bad and post, you know, stuff about him on Internet. You know, would you do that? And Well... I don't know though because it, it it's it, it gets that's such a word that's kind of complicated because if it's something somebody told you in confidence but it's not exactly something they should be doing that puts you in kind of an awkward situation so and it, maybe it's a little different I don't know because women get really catty so it could be different <laughs> in my situation than yours so. So your answer was uh, you've tempted to do so but never gone through? Yep. Okay. How do you view lifelong commitment to a single romantic partner? I'm waiting to find such a romance. Such a romance would be ideal if it's achievable. I'd worry I'd miss out on what others have to offer. Tie yourself to one person? Huge mistake. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to say such a romance would be ideal if it's achievable. Ah, oh, there we go. We agree on one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's been a couple others we've agreed on, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is certainly an ideal. I mean, I, I know that's at least when we're growing up, I think we, you know, we do kind of have that mentality as kids where, you know, wouldn't it be romantic if, you know, that person that you, you know, met in first grade or kindergarten, you, you know, were friends through high school and through college and, you know, you went to your junior prom together, you went to your high school dance together and you, you know, got married and lived this long, happy life with a happy family. I, I think that's definitely the ideal when we're younger. Now, I think when... As we get older, we kind of realize, okay, that's maybe an ideal, but not necessarily something that you should strive for. Yeah, things, well, and then, but then things have changed over the decades, too. Like, you look at our grandparents, who pretty most, a lot of them married their high school sweethearts, and they were happy for decades, and, you know, but a lot of them didn't have to have both parents work either the whole time so it's things have changed so who knows that that's true and i think you are making a really good point there because um and, and i think i mean i don't know if there's evidence to support this but i think there were you know people used to get married at earlier ages where and nowadays where i think people are postponing marriage and i think a lot of it has to do is because people are trying to get their careers in place first and when you consider some things like, you know, like the cost of housing, for example, you know, you do, you know, a lot of younger people are putting that off. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily because they're trying to be irresponsible and avoid marriage. Well, that's probably not the best way to put it. But I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to wait. To, they're trying to make sure that they're financially secure before they, 
uh, you know, before they get involved in a, a long-term committed relationship. Do you insist on repayment when lending money to friends? Yes, and I write up a contract so there's no misunderstanding. Yes, but I try to be flexible about the exact terms. No, although it's sure nice to be repaid, or no, they just owe me a favor. How much money? Well, that's a good question too. I mean, I would because assume if it's like if it's like thirty bucks, they can take me out to dinner and we're done. It's a call it even. But if it's like a hundred bucks, then yeah, you're gonna pay me back. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's there's a line here. Like if you just need gas money, take me out to dinner next time you get paid, and we're good. We're even. <laughs> yeah, I think for this one, I I would probably say no. Although it is nice to be repaid, and I guess because my personal guideline is. If I'm going to loan money to someone, I won't loan them money unless I can afford to never get it back. So, you know, if I have to, if I loan someone five, ten bucks, you know, I'm probably not going to miss paying my bills because of that five or ten bucks. But, hey, if you do give me a favor in return, you know, like I said, take me out to lunch. If we're going on a trip somewhere, you know help me gas up my car. It is nice when you can do that because it shows that, yeah, I appreciate that you're doing that. And I'm not trying to take advantage of you because I think we've all known someone that was that kind of that leech, you know, where they were yep. always asking to borrow things. Yeah, there's, there, everybody had, well, most people, I, I cut those off, so I didn't have to worry about it much anymore. But yeah, I think anything under 20 bucks, I don't even really say anything about, because it's really just like, it's, you know, but like you said, if I can't afford to like loan somebody five, 10 bucks or whatever without really batting an eyelash, then it's not really much of anything. So, so you're along the lines of no, they'll just owe me a favor. Well, I, it's nice to be repaid. Okay, I'll not worry so, yeah. about it too much. Another thing that we're agreeing on there. So, yeah. Are you still in touch with childhood friends? Yes, we correspond regularly. Yes, we try to keep in touch. No, I move around too much. Or no, I don't have anything in common with them anymore. I'd say yes, and we correspond regularly. I mean, and I'm I'm not really counting Facebook because in one thing, that there are a lot of people from my old high school that... I am friends with on Facebook, even if we don't really uh, communicate regularly, but I still do have my, you know, core group of friends that I've known for many, many, many years that I still regularly communicate with. I, I'm going to say, no, I don't really have anything in common with them anymore, even though I don't really have anybody from high school that I'm friends with on Facebook even anymore. I do have one person that I went that I was like my best friend through like elementary and middle school with that I'm friends with on Facebook, but we don't talk a whole lot. So she's there and we like, we see each other's updates and maybe like it, but we don't really, con- we don't really have conversations. So while she's there, it's not really like an active friendship anymore. So <laughs> relationship to community. Do you donate time and money to improve the local community? Yes. The needs of the community are my top priority. Yes, I donate as much as uh, as much as I can once my own needs are met. No, I don't have enough time or money to spare. No, my local community would be a waste of time and money. <laughs> yes, I donate as much as I can once my own needs are met. Because um, while I do think that it is important to 
you know, help out the community. Again, I, I, I can't forget that I've got a family that I have to be responsible for first and, you know, keeping my, you know, keeping a roof over my head and, you know, making sure my family has food and, and necessities is, you know, it, it's important. It's because, you know, I'm a husband and a father. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. It's like it, I do, uh, you know, various little charity things here and there, but my putting food on my table for myself, feeding my cats, making sure my heat is on and my rent is paid and, you know, all of that stuff is far above any charitable and volunteer work. That's just. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people would probably fall into that same opinion because, you know, while we, again, I think the average person doesn't like to see their neighbors suffer, but we also realize that we have our own, you know, when you've got your own family, you got to take care of them first, because if you don't take care of your family, who's going to? Well, like I always said, you can't be a superhero if you're not taking care of yourself sell first. So. Yeah. <laughs> your community is threatened with invasion. Do you help defend it to your last breath? Man the barricades with the rest of the community? Flee as soon as things look grim? Or cut a deal with the invaders to act as a spy? I will help defend it to my last breath. Yep, me too. Okay. That's yeah, I wonder how many... That's an interesting thing, that last one. Cut a deal with the invaders to act as a spy. Hmm. Gee, I wonder what alignment that would lead you towards. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you were injured and required immediate assistance, would members of your home community agree to help? Yes, because they know I do the same for them. Yes, because I'm generally well-liked. Probably not because I'm distrusted by the powers that be. Definitely not. I've made some <laughs> enemies here. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, because they know I'd do the same for them. Yeah, that's probably where I'd be, especially since I've I've asked for help in the past. And even though not everybody was local, I did have people help. So it was nice. Do you respect the laws and authorities of the community? Yes, without question. Yes, they're generally the best way to govern. When it suits me, there are some laws I just don't agree with. I don't pay attention to the authorities. They've got no hold on me. <laughs> Um, hmm. I'm going to say yes, they're generally the best way to govern. Um, what about you? I'm going to, I have to expand on it so I can tell you why I'm clicking it. It's a, I'm clicking the when it suits me because there's some laws I just don't agree with. But it doesn't mean I'm acting out against them. I do the political route. You know, you go through your, your representatives and all of that, and I fight against it. doesn't mean I'm going out and going, woo, do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how that works. But I follow the proper channels to try to get things changed. Um, I, it's, it doesn't, I don't, respecting the law and breaking the law are completely different. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm guessing that's what they mean about the second one. Um, because I'm along the same opinion too, where, okay. Uh, some laws, like one law I don't agree with. Um, I, I mean, a lot, when you take a look at, uh, narcotics and one of the things that I personally feel I would not do drugs, you know, like cocaine or heroin, anything like that. Um, now as far as most drugs go, marijuana, again, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't recommend anyone do it, but I understand it does have medical uses that some people do benefit from. And when you look at marijuana compared to like 
cocaine or heroin, it's pretty benign. So, I mean, I, I disagree with the approach that a lot of our, our, our government tends to take with drugs where, you know, you got caught with a few ounces of weed, so we're going to throw you in jail. No, I don't agree with that approach. I think that, you know, if someone is busted for cocaine or heroin, we should treat them as an addict who needs help, not as a hardcore criminal. I mean, I personally, I'm in favor of rehabilitation over incarceration for nonviolent drug offenders. Um, so that's where I was kind of going with. I think they're generally the best way to govern, but I do agree, you know, breaking the law isn't going to help anything. Try to get it changed. Yeah. Do members of the community shun, avoid, or mock you? Yes, their small minds can handle some, anyone outside the norm. Some do, because I don't always fit in. No, I'm generally seen as normal, or no, I set the standard for what is normal in my community. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm generally seen as normal. I don't think I set the standard for normal. Um, I'm generally actually seen as pretty normal, even with my my dusty rose-colored hair. People don't like really question it, so... Would you stand for office or to seek their, uh, to represent the interests of the community in some public manner? To do so would be an honor I would joyously accept. Of course, it's everyone's duty to do so. Only if no one care, or I'm sorry, only if no one else could handle the job. No, I don't want to be responsible for the community's welfare. Hmm. I'm going to take a moment to think about this one. What do you think? I feel like I've done this once already. Like. The only reason for all those years that I like stood as president of New Japan was because nobody else wanted to do it. And I did that <laughs> for 10 years. I really didn't want to be like the head and voice of that community, but nobody else wanted to stand up and do it. So I did it. So I feel like I kind of have to take that option because I already did that for a long time already. It's like, if nobody else wants to do it, fine. I'll stand up and make the voice heard for everybody else. So, <laughs> Yeah, and I think that... I mean, I'm probably going to be along the same one, only if no one else could handle the job. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely all in favor of cooperating and working with others. Um, there's, it's just that there's some situations where I do feel comfortable taking a leadership role, and then there's others where I think I'm better as like a supporter, you know. Relationship to king and country. Your country is racked with famine. Would you share what food you had with others? Eat as little as possible yourself and share the rest. Steal what food you needed to survive or steal as much food as possible, then sell it back to the community at a high price. I think I would probably eat as little as possible yourself because I can stand to lose a few pounds and share the rest. I'll probably go with that one, though I think if we ran out of food, stealing is not out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you'd have no problem stealing a few biscuits from your neighbor if the, if uh, <laughs> if that's the only thing that would uh, prevent you from starving to death. <laughs> well, I have a feeling it'd be coming from not my neighbor. I have a feeling it'd be coming from the bourgeoisie is where I feel it'd yeah. be coming from. But yeah. <laughs> okay. If offered enough money, would you slip a poison into your king's drink? Yes, and I've done similar things before. Yes, <laughs> if I thought I could get away with it. No, although a vast sum of money would tempt me, or. No, and I'd warn the king of the plot. Hmm. Well, I definitely wouldn't do it 
Uh, no. And I mean, whether I'd warn the king of the plot, I probably would, but I guess it depends on how much I like the king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this kind of really depends. How much do we like the king here? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. That one would get me killed, or that one would get me killed. That one would get the kill. I'm going to say the no, but some money might tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. Um, if Dawn ever gets any really rich friends... Don't piss Dawn off. <laughs> hey, as I sit here in my Slytherin sweater. Yeah. <laughs> a plague is sweeping across your country. Would you undertake a dangerous mission to find a cure? Heal the sick as best you can. Avoid contact with the sick. Or flee the country. I would probably undertake a dangerous mission to find a cure. That is so noble of you. I'm run away, <laughs> run away. <laughs> well, and that's not even a joke. It's a plague. I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> yeah, because I guess I guess it depends on uh, you know, in like a fantasy setting, definitely take the dangerous quest. But I mean, in a modern world, I'm not sure what kind of dangerous mission I would go on. But hey, if 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 the powers that be thought that I was capable of finding a cure for something, I would do what I could to do it. So I don't know. I've had bronchitis for a month and a half. I'm going, no, run away, run away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, again, note to self, um, if, if uh, a plague uh, starts infecting uh, Wisconsin, um, Dawn's probably out of here. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to okay. barricade myself in my house. Anybody comes near it, I'm going to throw a torch at him or something. <laughs> Get out of here. Do you respect the lawful authority of the rulers of the land? Yes. Long live the queen. Yes, our rulers are generally fair and just. No, a ruler is, is no better than anyone else. No, rulers are invariably corrupted by power. Hmm. I, this kind of plays into what we were t uh, some of the stuff before, but I would say yes, our rulers are generally fair and just. I mean, if a ruler is fair and just, yes, definitely support them and respect them. Um, I'm not into the law, you know, the first option because that that's implying like, you know, lawful, neutral, blind obedience. Mm -hmm. But I'm not quite. But yeah, if there is a a ruler that needs to be replaced, you know, replace him. Well. I'm. I say I'm saying no, and, I'm, and this is why. And that's because the, the a ruler is no better than anyone else is because to say that you respect their authority as opposed to is a ruler should be subject to the same rules and laws as everybody else. If you are just respecting them as the authority as opposed, then they aren't subject to the same rules and laws. Therefore, they're above them, and I don't think anybody should be above the law. Even if they make the law, just like I don't think our president is above the law, they're subject to the same rules and laws as the rest of us. So, yeah, no, they're the same as everybody else, whether they're in a title or not, whether they have a fancy title or not. So, <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I just keep thinking it's, yeah, the, uh, South Park episode with Cartman. You will respect my authority. Mm hmm. Okay. If you were offered a reasonably lucrative deal, would you spy for a hostile foreign power? Yes, because my nation could stand to be knocked down a peg. Yes, because my nation's secrets mean little to me. No, because I might get caught. No, because I never violate the trust my nation put in me. Okay, I'm not sure why a hostile foreign power would 
approach someone like me to to spy, but I'm going to say no. I never violate the trust my nation put in me. My nation doesn't trust me. I just don't want to get tried for treason. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I know what the penalties for that are. Thank you. No, nobody trusts anybody in this country. There's spies on everything. (laughs) So no, because you don't want to get caught. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't want to treat. I don't want a treason penalty. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty, usually pretty severe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Trying to quit. (laughs) Do you rely on, the government to enforce contracts and property rights. Yes, because maintaining the rule of law is more important than any individual dispute. Yes, because the courts are best equipped to handle such disputes. Are you kidding me? The government can't even pave roads. Absolutely not. If I can't defend it myself, I don't deserve to have it. I'm going to go for the second one. Yes, because the courts are best equipped to handle such disputes. And that's because, I mean, I think that's important. If you do have a disagreement with your neighbor or someone else, it's usually best to work within the law to try to resolve it. Well, I'm going to select the same one, the same one. But I think the one below it is hilarious because (laughs) of how bad the roads are most places. And then the last one for if you can't defend it yourself, I don't deserve to have it. It's such a Hatfield McCoy kind of a thing. That's so funny to (laughs) me. (laughs) Thoughts on crime and punishment. If in prison, would you injure or kill others to escape? Yes, serves them right for locking me up. Yes, they knew the risks when they took the job. No, except for minor wounds that will heal easily. No, those guards are just doing their jobs. Hmm. I guess it depends on whether it's something where I, I guess for this question, should we assume that okay, we were wrongly imprisoned? I either way, I'm still gonna pick no. Those guards are just doing their jobs. I know way too many people that have worked in prisons, and it's such a horrible, horrible, horrible job. So yeah, I've known a couple people as well, and I've seen a few uh, prison documentaries. So yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I I think though, if push came to shove, I would just do my, you know. Wound, not kill, nothing serious. But I do agree with you. Yeah, those guards are just doing their jobs, so I wouldn't try to, you know, I mean, especially if I was prisoned unjustly, I, you know, wouldn't try to, you know, hurt, I wouldn't try to severely injure or kill them. And the better you behave, the better you're going to get treated by the guards, so. Do you accept a noble's right to treat badly the serfs who work on his land? Yes, they're lucky they're not slaves. Yes, because sometimes only fear will motivate them. No, nobles should rule as kindly as possible. No, uh, no one has any right to treat others badly, period. That's the one I'm going to go for. Um, I'm doing the nobles should rule as kindly as possible because it's been proven that if you treat your employees politely, they will work better for you. Yeah. And serfs are pretty much indentured, so. (laughs) Yeah, and and that I I can certainly agree with you on that one, that... um, you know, yeah, you take care of your, I mean, it wasn't like Richard Branson said something like, you know, put your employees first and then they'll put the, the, the customers first. Yep. So you have accidentally committed a crime. Do you confess and attempt to make restitution with the victim? Confess throwing yourself on the mercy of the court. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Hide your involvement <laughs> line if you have to. Try to pin the crime on another. Pin the crime on another guy. Okay, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah, I would try to make restitution with the victim. That's me too. I just yeah. like the idea of pin the crime on another guy. It sounds like a fun party game. <laughs> oh yeah, better than pin the tail on the donkey. 
If guilty, would you confess to a crime? Yes, because it's my duty to do so. Yes, because it might get me a lighter sentence. No, I'd make the magistrate prove my guilt. No, I'd try to prove my innocence. I like that prove is in quotes. Yeah, because, I mean, again, I, I guess it's kind of tricky here because it's really kind of situational. What am I guilty of? I mean, obviously, if it's murder, that's going to be different than, like, you know, running a red light. And you don't really plead guilty. You plead, If you plead guilty, you're pretty much going to get the max. If you plead no contest, you do, like, uh, whatever the DA and your attorney or whatever work out. And it's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd go with no, I'd make the magistrate prove my guilt because at least, you know, because our justice system is based on the premise that you're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. So even if I am guilty of sin, the law still has to prove that I am guilty. And so much of that is done behind the scenes. But yeah, that's what I'm going to go with too. Would you express a revolutionary political opinion if threatened with punishment? Yes, I'd rather be punished than remain silent. Up the revolution. Yes, somebody's got to speak the truth. No, although I might privately express my opinions to others. No, politics aren't worked, worth getting worked up about. Uh, I'd rather get punished than remain silent. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's kind of a tricky one. I mean, I guess it depends on what your, you know, when the government, what the, or the, the country you live in, what the punishment is. I mean, I would probably go, yes, somebody's got to speak the truth. Um, but I guess... You look at look at every country when you think about, like, the major revolutionary changes that happened, even if it took a long time. But even here, any time, like, major civil rights movements happened... People got hurt, but change eventually happened. So it's like if somebody didn't stand up and say something eventually, nobody would have backed them. And then without the backing, the major changes wouldn't have happened. And so it's like somebody's got to eventually say something, even if it sucks. It's got to start somewhere. So that's how I look at it. Okay, good point. While traveling, you witness an assault. You are ordered to testify, which will delay your travel significantly. Do you slip out of town at night to avoid testifying? Deny you saw anything? Remain reluctantly, testify, and leave. Remain until the trial's conclusion in case further testimony is needed. Yeah, I'm going to take that last one. I mean, if I saw... Yeah, because I mean, if I saw someone beating up a someone else i mean and if i if i wasn't in a position where i would interfere directly you know i think it's important to make sure that that you know that that crime is punished business and the economy what is the best use of wealth to help the destitute and less fortunate to provide for the needs of friends and family to stay on top of the heap yourself to not only stay on top but keep others from climbing to your level Hmm. For me, it's kind of a toss-up between the first two. So uh, what would you think? I'm going to go for needs of friends and family because I really don't have any need to elevate myself economically higher above than where I am. So, Yeah, and I, I think I'm going to go along the same thing because, I mean, I'm not – I mean, I, the, the last two are definitely out of the question to you know stay on top of the heap and – you know, try to prevent others. No, that's, I disagree with that. And I think it is important to help the less fortunate. But again, I, I'm a father and a, a husband. I've 
got my family that I have to support first. But as I've said before, I do think it is important to try to help the less fortunate. When confronted by beggars, do you give generously? Give moderately? Give only what I wouldn't miss anyway, a copper or two at most? Ignore them as you walk by. I'm going to say give moderately. Um, I mean, when I, I mean, I personally believe, you know, hand up, not hand out. Um, I mean, yeah, if I see a, you know, a beggar, if I give him $200, well, that's, that's $200 that I really kind of need. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with giving him a few dollars, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I try not to ignore them. I don't give money to beggars or panhandlers of any kind. I just don't. Yeah, the and I know it's kind of a a, a toss up. I mean, I guess it's easier to say. Well, I'm going to change my answer because I think probably beggars give what I wouldn't miss. Um, because yeah, I mean, if I give them like twenty bucks, again, I'm probably not going to miss that twenty bucks. But you know, but still, I mean, that's maybe that 20 bucks will help him get by for a day or two, but then what happens after that? So, okay. By using magic, you could fool village merchants into thinking your copper pieces were gold. Do you, what, what do you do? Yes. And I'll buy as much as I can. Yes, but I'll only cheat the rich merchants. No, it's too risky. No, those merchants have families to feed. Yeah. I'm going to go with that last one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's no real honor in trying to cheat, you know, merchants or, you know, people who work retail stores. I mean, I guess the way I see it, I wouldn't try to cheat a small business just like I wouldn't try to cheat, you know, Walmart or a huge corporation. You have two job offers. One pays more, but the other is secure and steady. Which would you choose? Definitely the lucrative job. Work steady sounds like drudgery. Drudgery. Probably the lucrative job, although I'd look to the secure job. The secure job, unless the other job is outrageously lucrative. Definitely the secure job because I plan for the long term. Last hmm. one for me. I want long term. Yeah, that's it's a toss-up for me between the last two, but I think I would definitely go for the long term. What's the best path to wealth? It's a matter of luck and being at the right place at the right time, staying flexible so you can take advantage of good opportunities, following a long-term plan that incorporates a comfortable level of risk, and hard work and perseverance. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we have to kind of think of it whether we're thinking of like a like you know modern world or a fantasy setting. Um, I mean, because unfortunately, part of the problem I see with the modern world nowadays, it's like, you know, you, you can really work hard for a company, but that's no guarantee that they're going to, um, you know, just because you're a good worker doesn't necessarily mean they're going to start paying you a good salary. So, well, yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's with the same company. It just says hard work and perseverance. It could be anything, anywhere. You're just working hard, whether that's with the same company or working somewhere for a while and then moving on, as long as you're just kind of, you know, pushing forward. I'm going to say following a long-term plan that incorporates a comfortable level of risk. Yeah, that's where I was going to go with that because regardless, you need to have a little bit of, I think, a risk base to 
Yeah, because I mean, I definitely agree that it is important to work hard. But yeah, I mean, I've worked for, I used to work for a company where it was like, okay, after working there for a while, it was obvious it didn't matter how hard you worked, they were still going to try to pay you as little as possible. So, and, you know, upward mobility in that company was pretty, pretty limited. But last question, if you accepted a job or contract, would you try to finish the task even if it got much more dangerous? Yes, my word is my bond. Yes, because it's good to have a reputation for dependability. You can bet I'd be renegotiating. If it's no longer a good deal, the deal is off. Hmm. I'd be renegotiating. Yeah, I think that's a good choice too because while it's important, I mean, if it's like a risk that they never informed me of, yeah, you you want to renegotiate. There's no there's no um, logic in needlessly endangering yourself, I guess. Okay, ready to click that submit button? Yep, let's do it. Okay, you want to go first or you want me to? Um, why don't you take a wild guess? Do you, based on, what do you think I got? I'm going to guess you probably got chaotic good. No, I got chaotic neutral. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. do you want to guess what I got? Um, I'm going to guess a lawful, lawful neutral. Nope, I, I got neutral good. Neutral really? good character does the best that a good person can do. Uh, he is devoted to helping others. He works with kings and magistrates, magistrates, but does not feel beholden to them. The common phrase for neutral good is true good. Neutral good is the best alignment you can be if it means doing what is good without bias toward or against order. In 3.5, I never really liked the description they gave there. The It is the best alignment you can be because... Eh, never, never understood that. But okay, no. so why don't you read what they said about chaotic neutral? Uh, chaotic neutral character follows the his whims. He is an individualist first and last. Values his own liberty, but doesn't strive to protect others' freedoms. Avoids authority, resents restrictions, and challenges traditions. Does not intentionally disrupt organizations as part of a campaign of anarchy. To do so, he'd be motivated by either good or evil, um, which that isn't really work for them and the common phrase um for a cave neutral is true chaotic <laughs> yeah so okay so there you there you have it in case you were wondering i'm probably neutral good and dawn is probably chaotic neutral but so <laughs> with the various alignment choices we got i mean usually one of the examples that i usually hear people say when you're describing a neutral good character would probably be uh, Spider-Man, I know, is one that they usually refer to as being neutral good because, while well, he is technically a vigilante because he works outside the law. He also does work with other superhero groups occasionally, but he also doesn't try to, you know, needlessly injure or harm the criminals he's apprehending. So who do you think is probably, like, fictional character? Doesn't matter if it's comic books, Dungeons and Dragons... Um, you know, a TV show. What's your favorite example of a chaotic neutral character? John Constantine. Okay, I'm not familiar. Uh, that's <laughs> I know that they had that Keanu Reeves movie, but I'm not familiar with the movie itself. So what's what's that movie about? Well, well, the movie is probably not real related to the comic books. I'm thinking more of comic John Constantine. But I mean, he. <laughs> He probably has a little bit of good in him, but that man is pure chaos. Like, 
internal chaos. He's a magician, basically. He's a magician who does, uh, he works with like uh, demons and spellcraft. He's also in the same universe. He works really well with with Swamp Thing. He crosses over into all over the DC universe. He shows up. He doesn't, he's not just, He's not just known by the heroes, he's known by the villains. He chills out with Zatanna and Poison Ivy and Batman and them know Constantine. And they all, all of them, villains and heroes that are all like, it's Constantine. (sighs) They're all just exasperated by him. But the thing is, he's just a jerk. But he's not, because he's, his, his motivation is himself, really. Is what it is. Everyone's like, anybody that goes with you, John, is going to die. Because you care more about your own motivation than anybody else. So John Constantine. <laughs> yeah, and I think when you're, again, when you start getting into the Justice League Unlimited cartoon series, uh, as I was saying before, Green Arrow definitely starts as chaotic good. But he tends to move a little bit more towards the neutral good as the series progresses. And one statement he makes in one of the episodes, um, he was talking with Supergirl. And he's like, you know, look, kid, I'm an old lefty. Government must do for people what they can't do for themselves. And that's where I kind of agree with that. It's like, yeah, the you know, government shouldn't do everything for you, but there are some things that we can't do as individuals. And um, are you familiar at all with the question? Yes. Yeah, he's definitely chaotic neutral in that series. <laughs> yeah, he was in the – and I forgot about him, actually, because I, he's not in a lot of things. Um, he was part of the, it was, oh, it was a trilogy book. It was the question and Pandora and someone else. It was, it came out two years ago. It was like, I want to say like 10 issues long was fantastic. The question is a character. I don't think DC utilizes nearly enough. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause he had a, in the justice league unlimited series, he had a small, but important role in the first season, second season, yeah, he didn't really didn't really do much in there, but yeah, he he was pretty more significant in the first season than the second one. So, well, Dawn, where can people find you being chaotic neutral? <laughs> well, um, you can go to uh, my cosplay page on Facebook. Just look up Amethyst Dawn Cosplay. You can keep up on the things that I'm working on for the 2017 uh, convention season. So. And if people want to find me being my neutral good self, you can find me at POIGamestudio.com. Of course, you can also look up Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook as well as YouTube. So, I uh, hope you all uh, found this episode. I know it's, we got a little long-winded, but hope you found it interesting or a little bit entertaining. So, thanks for tuning in and have a good morning or evening or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are at Happy Gaming.